Hey, this is Todd and Julie Mullen, senior pastors here at Christ Fellowship Church in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy week to join for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. Hey, Christ Fellowship, how y'all doing today? Come on, let's give God some praise before we start. We are so amped to be in church today. It just feels good today. Worship. How about worship? Come on. Let's give it up. That was amazing. I think Irene and I are just so fired up to be a part of this speaking team, but more, more so just to be a partner and come alongside uh, Todd and Julie and just all that God has placed in their heart for CF and all over the world and what you guys are doing. We're just pumped to be a part of it. Can we just give it up for your amazing pastors? Come on, somebody. Absolutely. We love you and the entire uh, Mullins uh, family. And Irene and I have been married 22 years. It's been about the best seven years ever. We're going to talk about that a little bit today, and I'm fired up. I'm fired up today, uh, not only because we're, we've been in this Holy Spirit extreme life series. Like, if we're going to live life to the full, right, we're going to need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm excited about that because I'm a little crazy. Come on, look at the person next to you. You're sitting next to crazy right now. Come on. And if you're crazy, you need the Holy Spirit to help, come on, somebody, modify your crazy. Amen. And we're fired up too about this freedom study. And I love the fact that thousands, tens of thousands of people have, have, they have journeyed through the freedom study and it's gonna culminate in November with this encounter, this freedom encounter. If you haven't been through that yet, I wanna encourage you to take a step, to find out more about what is going on here and how we can live this free, awesome, amazing life in Christ. So y'all ready to jump in today? I'm ready to jump in. And I want you to open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, uh, and then we'll go to John chapter 8, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, and I am fired up because I'm not preaching this message to you. This message, the Holy Spirit preached it to me all week, and I get to share out of like what he was doing inside of me. And it says this in 2 Corinthians 3, 12 and 18. It says, since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be bold. We don't have to be weak, we don't have to be timid. But since this new way, this new covenant that Paul is talking about to the church of Corinth, we are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory of God, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. This veil can be removed by only having an encounter or an experience with Jesus Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with the veil and they do not understand. Then Paul transitions it here, and I love this in, in chapter, in verse 16, he says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil, the filter, the, the, the intermediary between you and God, it's taking away. The obstruction is taken away. Watch this. For the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Not where the spirit of the Lord is, there's fear. Not where the spirit of the Lord is, there's just a little bit of faith. No, no. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom, come on somebody, in Jesus Christ. So all of us who have 
had the veil removed, can see and reflect the glory of God and the Lord, who is spirit, makes us so much more like him, and we are changed into his glorious image. And I love John 8 because it kind of it kind of surmises all of this. It says, for the son who sets you free is free indeed, or you are truly free. I'm excited today because some people walked in bound and going to leave truly free. Some of us have been kind of dating freedom. Like every now and then we're free. We feel good. We feel good in church. Come on, somebody. Come on online. We feel kind of all right. We kind of date freedom when we're, you know, when we got Carrie Job on, we're free. We go to work and we deal with our marriages and in our relationships with our children or maybe you're in high school and you're like, man, I, I'm kind of free, but I need this freedom to carry over in every facet of my life. I want to preach to you today. I want to share with you today from the topic, unfiltered freedom. Unfiltered freedom. Let me pray. Father, I pray God today that you transform us by the renewing of our minds, that we could see that we have access to you. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit visit every dark area, every secret area, every area, God, that we've just kind of laid to the side and says, man, I'm just going to just continue to deal with that the rest of my life. No, 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 no. You who the sun sets free, it's free indeed. So today we walk in our freedom in Jesus' name. And everybody gave a Baltimore amen. Come on, somebody. That's where I'm from. Unfiltered freedom. Whether you're in the room or you're at another campus or you're watching online, one game that I'm sure most of us have played, no matter what culture, no matter how much money you had when you were a child or not, no matter what language you speak, is hide and go seek. Come on, somebody. There is nothing like a good game when you are broke and you got three pieces of furniture. Come on, somebody. I'm going to hide somewhere. I get, up in the, I get up in the couch cushion. Come on before I became a professional eater. I mean, I hide anywhere. What I love about hide and go seek, it's like this universal game that we all can play. And I mean, I'm, I used to be a professional hide and go seeker. I'm telling you, I was a lot smaller then. I could hide in a lot of places. Now I can't hide very much. Come on, somebody. But I got good at this game and my parents would go to work. I'd, me and my cousin and my sister would play hide and go seek. And you know, the longer you play hide and go seek, the less hiding places you have. And you, you kind of get found. And I remember this one time. I found the best hiding place ever. I, you know what it was? It was the dryer. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I got up in the dryer and I closed that door hoping nobody would turn it on. Come on, somebody. And, and, and I, heard the, I heard the phrase, come out, come out wherever you are. And I'm like, well, no, that's not the, the, that's not the point of hide and go seek. And, I found, I became a professional hider. I was an extreme hider until I realized that hide and go seek is probably the game that you don't want to be good at. And why you don't want to be good at it is you could hide so well, the game's over, you have no idea. That's what happened to me. I hid so well, they went home. I was still up in the dryer. Come on, somebody. But I was there so long, no one else could free me. I had to free myself. I've come to discover that many of us 
have taken the game of hide and go seek and it has transitioned to every season of our life. And we've experienced abuse and we've experienced trauma, we've experienced addiction or, or something of family origin issues in our family and, and we're trying to outrun our past rather than to lean into it and get free from it. I've come to find in my own life that just because you're far from something doesn't mean you're free from something. Because many of us have hidden and we've become professional hiders. And our friends and our family have stopped looking for us. Our coworkers have stopped looking for us. We've hidden so good that we don't even know who we are. And personally, from personal experience, I've come to find out this Christ Fellowship, no matter if you're watching online or any campus, it is impossible to keep up with who you pretend to be. Impossible. Because I hid so well. I mean, if we're honest, we got hiding. Honest. It's like human nature to hide. Maybe you have kids, and I was thinking about this between services, and it's this kind of thing that my daughter Maya, when she gets hurt or when she scraped her knee when she was an infant, here I am with the ointment. Here I am trying to make it better, but she's so scared that it's not going to be handled correctly, so she covers it up, and I'm like, no, I'm here to kind of make it better. And in this, this extreme life series, I feel like the Holy Spirit is here today that says, man, I want to make it better. Show it to me. Reveal it to me. Don't hide it any more. It's exhausting hiding. It's hiding that makes you isolated and alone with your own thoughts. This hiding started early in Genesis. Adam and Eve sinned, and the Bible says that when they sinned, they hid. When they hid, it robbed them of their connection with God and with each other. My wife often says when she's preaching, when you're hiding something, you're hurting someone. Whether yourself or your family or maybe even your relationship with God. And God, who was the one who created hide and go seek, come on somebody. He comes on the scene And almighty God, scripture says, he said, Adam, where are you? In my version of it, my cliff notes of it, God comes out and says, come out, come out, wherever you are. And I think since that day, God in his all infinite love, his agape love, his covenant love, He's saying, you got to come out. He's saying, I'm not going to allow the hiding to separate us. Matter of fact, what I feel the Holy Spirit saying is, uh, I'm going to take steps toward you when you back away. I believe that today, God, the Holy Spirit, God in three persons, as Pastor Todd preached so eloquently last week. He wants to visit the areas that you've been hiding. No, 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 not a visitation. He wants a habitation. 
He wants to set up residence in those areas. And how do I know this? Because guys, this was me and my wife's story. Why I said that we've been married 22 years and it's been about the best seven years ever because seven years ago, I got exhausted from hiding. I leaned into the power of the Holy Spirit. Now let me back up a little bit and let you know that 10 years ago we started a church. Me and my wife were pastoring a church and we didn't realize that we were praying for something that we probably weren't prepared for. I used to ask God questions. Why are you using me to help set people free when I've bound myself? I'm gonna be transparent, let you guys know that Pastor Irene and I, we were pastoring a church and we both were jacked up. I was jacked up because the pulpit became my safe place. Behind this became my hiding place. This is the place where I, I found who I was from the accolades of people because I could preach to thousands all over the world but couldn't lay next to the one and talk to the one that I was married to at all. We fought. I'd preach messages and people would come to the altar and their marriages were healed and I would go back to the green room and cry my eyes out wondering, is this, is this available for me too, God? Why are you using me to set people free through the work of the Holy Spirit? But for some reason, I can't receive that same freedom myself. And because I wasn't pastoring at home, alcohol started pastoring my wife. That one glass of wine to come down to deal with the stress of the day. It became two, it became three, it became two bottles, it became fights, it became arguments, it became I'm preaching a, a message and I was so intoxicated myself with the addiction of anger and with food addiction that I began to feed myself anger and punch holes in the walls and, 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 and use terrible words to describe how I felt about my wife to the point where my kids heard it. And so here she is dealing with alcohol and I'm dealing with anger addiction and food addiction where I got up to 420 pounds and now I'm hiding the fear. Now I'm hiding the discouragement. Now I'm hiding the insecurities and it was hidden. No one could see it unless you were real close. That's why I say it's impossible to keep up with who we pretend to be. It all came to a point ahead when I was like, man, I can't do this anymore. I want the work of the Holy Spirit. If the sun sets everybody else free, he can set me free. So I took a year off and we went to counseling and, and I started getting on a treadmill. Hate that treadmill. And, and started working on me and working on the stuff that is on the inside of me. And, and I had this jacked, I found out that I had this jacked up theology from when I was a kid that I, I, I had to perform for God to love me. And I, and, and, I had to, and I had to preach well for God to love me. And I had to, the only time that I could experience the Holy Spirit was on the stage. Not in every stage of life. Came to a head and the good news is this November 12th, my wife will celebrate six years of sobriety. Come on. Come on, online. And I have lost 150 pounds. Look what the Lord 
has done. And y'all pray for me, because Irene can't keep her hands off me, and it's a struggle. <laughs> Free. I found out that it's not by might, nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. But why did I wait so long to get free? Why did I think I had to earn the gift of grace and cheapen the work of the cross? Why did I feel like I had to perform? You know why? It's because I had an outdated version of God. I had an old covenant version of God. I had a, come on somebody, an iPhone 6. The 12 is out. The 13 is coming. Same equipment, but I needed a software upgrade. Same equipment, but I needed a mindset change. I grew up that when you sinned, you sat down. When you sinned, you were away from the presence of God. I had the old covenant way, and I've, I've bet that a lot of us in here, a lot of us watching online have this old covenant, outdated version of God and the Holy Spirit, and we think that the Holy Spirit is in a song. No, the Holy Spirit is in the people who are singing the song that's changing the atmosphere in the room for you to get free and delivered and set up for a miracle. You see this system that Paul was talking about in 2 Corinthians, he's, he's saying in this second letter to the church of Corinth, he's saying, man, I need to talk to y'all about the Holy Spirit. You guys are still worried about what's written on tablets, not what's written in your heart. And if you remember, Paul starts out, he's talking about Moses coming down from the mountain after getting the Ten Commandments, and the people are in sin, and because of their sin, and because Moses was the one ordained by God, come on somebody, to be in God's face, he's, he, he's experienced the glory of God, and they can't stand it, so he has a veil over his face. He's got a filter over his face. He's free as the high priest, but they're not free. It's the old system. It's the old covenant. The old covenant, it, it, it was consisted of like the, the outer court, the, the inner court. It's this temple, this place where the presence of God is going to show up and the people of God of Israel would go there once a year for the day of atonement to be at one mint or to atone for their sins or to make up for their jacked up lives. Come on, somebody. And they bring a sacrifice and only the high priest, there was a curtain called the holy place and there was another curtain called the most holy place and on the other side of the most holy place was the Ark of the Covenant. On the top of the Ark of the Covenant was called the mercy seat and there was the two angels on the mercy seat and when the priest would go through the rituals and the regulations and all of the different things, the presence of God would come and consume the offering and the presence of God would show up for the atonement of the people of God. Old system. I called a theologian this week and I was like, hey, did I get that right? He's like, yeah, that's good, that's good, that's good. <laughs> Paul's like, no, you, you guys have an outdated version. I had an outdated version to think I had to perform. 
I'm misunderstood. In Matthew 5, 17, it says, don't misunderstood why I have come. Jesus says, I did not come to abolish the law of Moses' writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish it, to help accomplish it. And what Paul is saying here is, is no, we're going to upgrade this thing. Paul says, no, 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 we're going to change the version of this thing. We're not going to do away with the Old Testament because the Old Testament is good in nature. The Old Testament's purpose in the Old Covenant was to that you could live a life that was set apart. But God said, no, something's not working with this desire for me, for them to live this life set apart. God was silent between Malachi and Matthew for 400 years, working on, come on somebody, an upgrade. And he worked on an upgrade and sent Jesus, and Jesus came, come on somebody, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus came in the form of man, walked a sinless life as an intermediary, come on somebody between my junk and God and Jesus says no I'm not y'all haven't even got it there's another upgrade there's another after party called the Holy Spirit and I'm he's gonna be an advocate and he's gonna be a counselor and he's gonna be a comforter and Jesus left his Holy Spirit not that we abolish the law but now the Holy Spirit enables us to fulfill to live a set-apart life I need the Holy Spirit I'm crazy. Is there any crazy online? Come on. Is there any crazy in the room? Is there any people that haven't dotted all their I's and crossed all their T's? In other words, Paul is saying, listen, you have a filtered version of freedom. And maybe we're not reaching lost people in our families. Like they're not mad at God. They don't hate God. They just hate that our version of who God is hasn't been upgraded. And, and we try to live right, but we can't because people can't see us. They can kind of see us. We get, to the, we get to the holy place, but the most holy place, we go to church. But man, worship being a lifestyle, no worship is better at lyrics. We, we talk in his name, we prophesying his name, but I need an upgraded version, man. I've come to find out that if I don't see God correctly, people can't see me. If I don't understand that this Holy Spirit is not just for holy people, but it's for jacked up people to be made holy, then I've got an old version. So, so what, what Paul is saying, he says, Jesus comes. And the Bible says, I'm going to read this passage of scripture because I need you to see this. And the Bible says that when Jesus was on the cross, when Jesus, come on, I love this because they thought they had won. But Jesus, they didn't realize that that was the play. That was the system. That when they thought he was dead, he went on a three-day journey to hell and got the keys to the kingdom to give to unlock your destiny and unlock your purpose so that you could be free from generational strongholds, so that you could be free from addiction, so that you could be free from suicidal thoughts and anxiety and depression and discouragement and all of the things that come in a poverty mindset. Jesus says, no, I came to redefine death, to give you the Holy Spirit so that you can be free. And the 
the Bible says here in Mark 15, 37 and 38, then Jesus uttered on the cross, come on somebody, another loud cry, and he took his last breath. And when he took his last breath, come on somebody, Apple didn't come out with a new phone. When he took his last breath, Hyundai didn't come out with a new car. When he took his last breath, come on somebody, Burberry didn't make a new shirt. When he took his last breath, the veil was torn in half and it gave us access to God. You don't have to wait till you get to church to worship. You can worship at home. You don't have to wait till you come to an altar to have a pastor pray over you. You can lay hands on yourself because God says, I'm not going to let them go to a temple and, and visit the Holy Spirit. I'm going to make them the temple, y'all don't hear what I'm saying, of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm fired up right now. You know why I'm fired up? Because I'm excited. Because the next tonight at worship night, tonight in this presence, the worship is going to be insane because a whole bunch of people are going to realize I got a new version so I can come in depressed, but I can leave out free because I've got access to God. No longer does just the high priest have access to God. First Peter says, no, first Peter says, you are a royal priesthood, which means, come on somebody, the presence of God, I'm walking in the mall, presence of God with me. Come on somebody, I'm eating a steak, presence of God with me. I'm down Clematis Street, presence of God with me. I'm in Jupiter, presence of God with me. Uh, come on, come on, all the different campuses, presence of God with me. I'm at home online, presence of God. Come on Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, here, here. He's not just welcome to your cleaned up self. He's welcome to the food addiction. Jimmy, he's not welcome just behind the pulpit. He's, he's welcome to the inner prison. He's welcome. Man, he's welcome. I feel God right here. I feel the Holy Spirit. Those aren't goosebumps. He's knocking at the door of your hurt. He's knocking at the trauma and the grief. He's, he's knocking, you, you're 52 years old, but the little 14 year old got hurt. And he's saying, can, can I come to that place? The Holy Spirit is saying, I, I have a way to connecting to your past and making it count for more than pain. How do we walk in freedom? I've come to find out through our own story that if I don't seek a constant refilling of the Holy Spirit in worship and reading my word and quiet time with God, that I'll replace where I didn't refill. That's why many of us run to things to feel better, but that feeling better is temporary. It wears off 
That's what Paul is saying to the church of Corinth. He said, it fades away. That veil fades away. Uh-huh. Hey, that's no good. I, I need to live unfiltered. I need to say, here I am. I got access. I'm going to tell y'all something right now. I love Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but it's closed on Sunday. <laughs> but you know how, I, how, how, more I, or how much more I love Chick-fil-A? It's when a family member works there. Because <laughs> he who the sun sets free. Give me an extra condiment. I'll take an extra little barbecue sauce. Come on, somebody. How, Pastor Todd, how, if we're in the family of God, if, I'm in, if I have an inheritance in God because of him, how am I not going to take advantage of the access I have? I'm a son. Come on, somebody. I, I'm a daughter of the most high king. I ain't got to wait till I get to church to go through a pastor. I don't have to wait. No, no, no. I am a son. I can lay hands on my own kids and they can be healed. I can lay hands on myself and they can be healed. Come on. Some of y'all can't sing a note, but when you show up, the presence of God and when you sing shows up. Why? Because the presence of God is not a respecter of notes. Come on, somebody. It is a respecter of the blood work of Jesus Christ that happened on the cross of Jesus Christ. So I've got to remove the filters. Say that with me. Say, I have to. Come on, every campus, I have to. Remove the filters. I want you to write this down. I have to remove the filters of regulations. Hebrews 9.1 says, the first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship. It had regulations. I've got to remove the regulations. Let me tell you what regulations are. Regulations are, it's a system that filtered through performance. Got to have this kind of sacrifice. I got to do this right. I got I, I to make sure I obey all the rules of Christianity. I, I, I can't think a bad thought. I can't. Uh, let me tell you guys something. There is no such thing as perfection on this side of eternity. It's the Holy Spirit that makes up the distance when we fall short. The Holy Spirit even says this. When you don't know what you ought to pray, he intervenes or makes intercession. And, and he brings you back into relationship with Jesus Christ. I gotta also deal with the filter of religion. The filter of regulation says that the system is restrictive at performance. The filter of religion, write this down, says the system is restrictive to only or filtered through only the right people. Your, your past has to be together and your bank account has to be a certain, and you gotta be, you know, you gotta know this much scripture. So I got the filter of regulations, the filter of religion, and I got the filter of rituals. Man, we need to upgrade a model. The filter of ritual says it only has access if I read my Bible five minutes a day. And I only have access, come on somebody, if I sing the correct songs. And I only have access if, if I don't cuss, come on somebody, for a week. And I only have access if I never think about a bad thought. And I only have access and that system is abolished. I came to tell you this system has grace. This system has mercy. The Holy Spirit is here to love you and to accept you and to bring you into the body of believers. 
It's the work of the Spirit that moves us from filters to freedom. You know what I found, Pastor Todd? That true freedom is not perfection. True freedom is having nothing to hide. I'm free. I'm not perfect. I'm free. Because, let me tell you, let me tell you this side. Let me, let me talk to this side. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to you. Where, whatever campus you're at, whatever location you're at, whatever, wherever you're at in online, true freedom is having nothing to hide. The enemy can't remind you, keep you isolated, keep you with anxiety and fear about stuff you're already talking about. Oh, that is true freedom. I read this passage of scripture in John chapter four, and I'm gonna fly through this so that, you, so that you get this, but this is the step to freedom. How you wanna get to freedom. In John chapter four, Jesus meets a woman at a well. This woman is a Samaritan. Jesus is a Jew. They're not supposed to talk. They're not supposed to even have conversation. The Samaritans worship one way, the Jews worship another way. Matter of fact, if the Jew ever came in proximity with a Samaritan, the Jew would be, uh, uh, deemed unclean and would have to go to the temple, come on somebody, to get cleansed. But I love the fact that this woman who has been ostracized by her own Samaritan people, she is at a well because she's thirsty. And there's so many people that you've been ostracized by your past and ostracized by what you did and ostracized by how you think. But can I tell you today, the Holy Spirit is at a well and he's saying, can I, can I have a drink from you? He's saying, I got this well. I love the fact that this woman who's a Samaritan, she, she shows up to be at a well, but she leaves and became a well. Oh my gosh. How does she do that? Number one, transparency. Come on, write that down. Transparency is to be seen. She wasn't seen by her own people. She wasn't seen by herself. Transparency says, here I am. Take it or leave it. All my junk. Here it is. It's coming out of hiding. I found like if I'm going to have this relationship with the Holy Spirit, man, I got to be transparent. I got to say, Holy Spirit, this is the area I need help in. Holy Spirit, this is the area I'm weak in. Holy Spirit, this is, see it all. Here it is. This woman said, here it is. And it's only through the work of the Holy Spirit that frees us from filters. It frees her from shame. It freed her from guilt. Transparency. Pastor, you told your story. It's because the Holy Spirit allows me to share. And as the Holy Spirit enables me to share, every time I tell it, I walk into another level of freedom. So we gotta move from transparency to accountability. If you're taking notes, transparency is to be seen. Accountability is to be held, to be held. She's having this conversation with Jesus and, and, and at this well, and, and they're not supposed to be talking, and she's thirsty, and Jesus, uh, she says, can I have a drink? And, and watch this, says, she says this, but sir, in John 4, 11, you don't have a rope or bucket. 
And this well is deep. This pain runs generationally. This grief is deep, man. This, this cycle. She says, do you have a bucket? Do you, do you have the capacity to hold my humanity? And do you have a rope? Are you going to be around long enough? See, many of us don't step into a relationship with the Holy Spirit because we allow the disappointments of people who left us and we put it on God who has a rope long enough to get to the depths of your pain. I've come to find out that if I'm not accountable to the Holy Spirit, it's hard for me to be accountable to people because accountability is only as strong as transparency. Accountability is knowing what you're created for, that's good, and also what you're capable of, that's bad. That's what I love about me and Pastor Todd's relationship. We are accountable to one another. We realize that iron is sharpening iron through the work of the Holy. This relationship is supernatural. But I can be accountable to him because I'm accountable to God. It's amazing to me how God uses people to represent the work of the Holy Spirit. Confess your sins to God that you may be forgiven. Confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. So many of us are walking around forgiven and not healed because we don't do people. That's why you need to be in a small group. You have no idea that there is healing in the company of people sharing their story and their testimony and you start getting strength. And that's why I encourage you to everyone in this church, no matter what campus, you need to be in a group of people. Let me tell you this, we learn in rows, but we grow in circles. So we move from transparency to accountability, then we get to vulnerability. Vulnerability is what I let you know. I love that the Holy Spirit helps me to know me. Come on, y'all. Hey, me and my wife, Pastor Todd, we used to get in crazy fights. And it was because, not because we were different, but I didn't realize that marriage was a multiplier. I didn't also realize that marriage was a mirror. And when she would say something to tick me off, instead of being defensive through the work of the Holy Spirit and a whole lot of counseling, I start asking myself, what's coming up for me right here? What is she triggering that has nothing to do with her? And then we realize that through the work of the Holy Spirit, our junk, when you get married, it's each other's junk to care for. Through vulnerability. Not to keep score. Come on, somebody. Yeah, that's what she did last week. <laughs> but vulnerability says, I can do a deep search, and it leads me to intimacy. Jesus is having this conversation about this woman, and then it transitions to worship. And I'm out of your way. In John 4, 23 and 24, it says, but the time is coming, and indeed is here now when true worshipers will worship me in spirit and in truth. True worshipers. They don't have to be in worship and, and look around and scared to raise their hands because of what happened this morning because you got no argument with your husband on the way to church. No, true worship says, I'm going to live a lifestyle of worship. 
as the Holy Spirit enables me to live this unfiltered life so that I can see God how God sees me. And if God accepts me and I have access, I am going to make sure that this veil never closes in my religion, in my rituals, in my regulations. I'm going to step into a relationship with Jesus. How does a relationship play out? It's played out in worship, man. I've got this app on my phone. It's called Nest. And right now, I have a house in, where I live in Annapolis, Maryland. And my dad is in my house right now. And I can open up Nest because of worship, because of what I'm connected to. And I can change the temperature in my house and play a trick on my daddy. So right now, in my house, it's 66. I'm going to turn that boy up to 84. Come on, somebody, 80. And he's going to be like, what happened? It's because I upgraded the software and I'm connected to the Holy Spirit, a higher source. So no longer do I have to be a thermostat and take it. I'm free enough to be a thermometer. Come on, somebody, and change the temperature of what is in your heart. Change the temperature of your hurts. Can you stand with me at every campus? Can you stand with me in this room? I believe that God is looking for, he says, uh, true worshipers are going to worship in spirit and in truth. That Greek word, truth, uh, I asked a good friend, he says, that in the form of that meaning is having nothing to hide. So when you worship, you've got nothing to hide. So tonight, when you come into the worship night, or in this moment right now, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, come out, come out, wherever you are. And let me tell you something, CF. You see, when I hid really good when I was younger, I never experienced what it was like to be it. Come on, somebody. To go find some people who hid in the same spots that I hid in. What God did with this Samaritan woman, he went and he, the Holy Spirit filled her. She didn't replace it. And she went back to the people, come on somebody, who she hid from. And she started saying, look what the Lord has done. When you come out of hiding, God will bring purpose to your pain. Can everybody raise their hands right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that your spirit show up in this place, that your spirit show up at the person online, that your spirit show up at every campus, God, and invade everything that doesn't look like you or doesn't represent you. But God, we're not just convicted. God, we are compelled and we are comforted. God, we're not condemned because know you're not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost and there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we step into our freedom. We will no longer replace the Holy Spirit with stuff and junk and thoughts and substances. We're going to be refilled right now. So God, refill everybody, God, at every campus in Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're at a campus, if you're online, if you're in the room, and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I believe the Holy Spirit is saying right now, come. He's saying right now, hit the reset button. He's saying right now, uh, uh, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. There's a new version and all things are becoming new. You're going to be it. You're going to heal the thing that you're hurting from. Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. 
set me free. Today I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are my Lord, you are my Savior. And today I'm upgrading to the new version of freedom, unfiltered freedom. Come on, let's give God some praise in this place. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to those of you who generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's because of you that everything that we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.